And hello, everyone. Welcome back inside the home office. I'm Craig D'Amico, and this is NEC Football on the Run. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, Craig, it was a little bit of a light schedule this past weekend. There were only three games. Only one of them was a conference game. So we understand if you have a light show this week. We understand if you don't really have that much on the docket. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we actually have maybe the most jam-packed show we ever had. That's not going to stop us from delivering a big show for you this week. We're going to sift through all the highlights. We're going to crown our top three stars, and we have some great stories to tell you. We're going to feature a backup quarterback rising up to the challenge in his new role as a starter. We're going to talk about a former NEC offensive lineman that's currently training to become a WWE superstar, and we'll tell you about a defender who's been collecting tackles like I collect peanut butter cups during Halloween. We will also preview some huge matchups coming up this weekend. And for the first time ever on this show, we don't have just one. No, we have two special guests in our weekly interview segment. So yeah, we jam-packed this show for you here this week. But before we get to all that, let's take you back through the week that was our top headlines. We start with the pick six. We start in the Berg on the bluff with the Yinzers out and ready to go for the Duquesne Dukes. I think I had all the terminology there, correct? As we said last week for Duquesne, it wasn't necessarily a must-win game, but a, we really, really could use this game as they took on the Merrimack Warriors. Duquesne, they came out like they were on a mission. After the opening kickoff, they marched 12 plays and 70 yards in just over six minutes, leading to a Billy Lucas one-yard touchdown run to give the Dukes a 7-0 lead right out of the chute. Merrimack answered with an epic drive on their first possession, 18 plays, 75 yards, and get this, over nine and a half minutes, Donovan Wadley receives a backwards pass, slips a tackle, and has the angle to the end zone, tying the game up at seven, his first career touchdown with the Warriors. So he had two long touchdown scoring drives, one on each side, and boom, before you know it, we're already in the second quarter. Each team has only had the ball once. On the next Warriors drive, third and six at the Dukes 40, redshirt freshman quarterback Gavin McCusker starting for the third straight game was pressured. He rolls out and was intercepted by Jeremiah Josephs along the far sideline. Turnover differential has been an issue for Duquesne over the last couple weeks, but they get on the plus side with an early takeaway against a young quarterback who really hadn't made that many mistakes since taking over. Then the Dukes are able to cash in three plays later. Joe Mishler airs it out deep down the near sideline and connects with Dwayne Menders, a 56-yard score, and the Dukes are back in front 14-7. Duquesne, they were in the driver's seat, but with just under three minutes to play in the first half, Merrimack's Victor Dawson capped off a 15-play drive with a nine-yard touchdown run, moving to the right, avoiding traffic, finding his way in, his fourth touchdown of the season to tie the game going into intermission at 14-all. With under five minutes to go in the third, check out this incredible individual effort by Hayden Fisher. He gets the ball on a little out route to the far sideline, slips a tackle attempt, continues the remaining 15, 16 yards down the sideline, gets through two more tackle attempts, and finds his way into the end zone for the tie-breaking 20-yard touchdown. The next Duquesne possession, third and 13. Mishler tries to scramble to the left, but he loses the football on the way down, and it's recovered by the Warriors. James Niamwea with the sack and Chabuka Atawaka on the recovery. 
And on the very next play, Victor Dawson, he gets the handle. He bounces off his own lineman and then cuts it back the other direction, reaching for the pylon, and he scores an 18-yard touchdown run, his second of the day, to put the Warriors up two scores. The Dukes, they weren't done. Darius Parentis, who came in earlier in the third quarter to relieve Mishler, launches it deep and finds Abdul Jenna, who makes a sweet one-handed grab for the 48-yard touchdown to make it 28-21. It wasn't over yet. Then in the fourth quarter, last chance for the Dukes, fourth and 10 at their own 41. Parentis steps up and throws it over the middle, but it's too hot to handle for Jenna and the Warriors. They go on the road and they upset the Dukes 28-21. The Warriors have won three in a row and are tied for first place 2-0 in the Northeast Conference. Well, on the other side, the Dukes, the number two team in the preseason poll, they fall to one and five, oh, and two in NEC play. They have dropped their last three in a row. Victor Dawson for Merrimack ran for a career high 128 yards and two touchdowns to lead the way while the team piled up 419 yards of total offense, 256 on the ground, and they went 11 for 15 on third down. So a big win for the Merrimack Warriors. And for headline number two, we want to focus on one of the best stories in the Northeast Conference this season, the emergence of their redshirt freshman quarterback, Gavin McCusker. He came to Merrimack, didn't play last year as a true freshman behind Weston Elliott, but he was thrust into action this year, getting his first career start on September the 24th at Delaware State. And the way that game played out, it was almost like at first they were just easing him into it. No need for him to go out there and be Superman. Just take care of the football. Don't make the big mistake. He went 10 for 23, 124 yards. And if you remember in the game, the big shot downfield, the big chance was from their wide receiver, Jakari Carter, who threw a 54-yard touchdown. But then the next week against LIU, you could sense a little bit more comfort. Them with McCusker and McCusker with them and the offense. He was calm cool and collected leading the Warriors back from a 13 point deficit to start the fourth quarter. He didn't throw an incompletion in the fourth quarter and he was in command leading the team down the field for a pair of scores to pull out the win. And finally this past week, 13 for 20, 163 yards, a touchdown and an interception against Duquesne. They opened things up a little bit for him now in his third start and he made the plays. So off the bench, McCusker comes to start for a one and two team coming off a tough overtime loss to Harvard. And now just a couple weeks later, he's three and oh since taking over. The Warriors are in first place with a big NEC TV matchup on the horizon coming up this weekend against the Wagner Seahawks. McCusker will be our guest later on here in the show, and we'll preview that Merrimack Wagner game coming up later on as well. Now, this past week, we released the NEC Overtime Pod featuring former Duquesne offensive lineman Roman Masick, who's currently training in Orlando to become a WWE superstar. It was a wonderful conversation. We got into his time playing with Duquesne, his thoughts on this year's team, although we recorded that podcast prior to this past weekend's game. So I don't know if his thoughts uh, or his confidence with the Dukes has changed at all, but uh, we talked about the Duquesne team. We talked about his journey into the world of sports entertainment, and he told us a story about his tryout for WWE back during WrestleMania weekend in April in Texas. Right after that, he hopped on the plane and got back in time for the Duquesne spring game back in Pittsburgh. And then he got into when he finally got that call. He was in the middle of a law school class 
Uh, but he got that call that he was being offered a contract, got very emotional, and he had a tough decision to make whether to take that contract or say goodbye uh, to Duquesne or stay with the Duke. So uh, a lot going on there, uh, a wonderful conversation. Now things are going well with Roman right now in his training. He's been going for a couple of months now. He's been on NXT TV for WWE on Tuesday nights in the background as a security guard. So uh, tune in, see if you could, you could spot him out. Uh, and uh, he did get in some good practice though during our conversation. He practiced his promo skills uh, by calling me out. And uh, to be quite honest, I've never been so terrified in my life. Take a look. I'll, I'll, I'll set you up. I'm like, Roman, I got your brother. And this Sunday, I'm coming for you. Listen here, Craig. I don't know who you think you are taking my brother, but you know for damn sure that I'll kick your ass inside that ring and outside that ring and definitely in the courtroom because I'm filing a lawsuit against your ass. That was great. That was great. I went right with the attorney gimmick too. I was like, what gimmick can I use? It was great to chat with Roman. And again, just to clarify, I want no part with him. That was just an act. We were just going through a little exercise there. I mean, I would have absolutely no chance in real life against him. So I want nothing to do with him. Great to see his success and be sure to check it out on the NEC Overtime pod. But back to the field, there were two other games going on this past weekend involving NEC teams. And we start in Connecticut with Brown taking on Central Connecticut State. Brown was in front 21 to six, but we've already seen some incredible comebacks this year. So it's never over until it's over. Nas Smith for Central gashes to the right. He goes right through the Brown defense. Look at his pure speed. He outruns the defense by at least 10 yards. He goes 85 yards to the house and Central is back within a score. Midway through the fourth, Brown ahead now 27-13. Sean Mitchell finds Smith through the air, a 21-yard touchdown pass to bring the Blue Devils back within a score. Again, 27-20. On the final drive, Central is at the Brown six. Fourth and three. They're knocking on the doorstep. They don't need a touchdown on this play, but they do need a first down to keep the, the drive alive, keep the game alive. Sean Mitchell finds Kyron Petaway for two yards, but they needed three. He stopped one yard shy of the first down. The Blue Devils denied in the red zone, turn it over on downs, and Brown survives the Blue Devils 27 to 20. Smith, a big day for him. He finished with a career high 195 all purpose yards. He had a touchdown on the ground and a touchdown through the air as well. And finally, the NEC standings. They have Merrimack joining St. Francis at the top, both 2 0 in league play and perhaps looking a little bit too far ahead. Those two teams don't play each other until the regular season finale in mid-November in Massachusetts, just in case you were wondering. But those two teams lead the pack. Stonehill, Sacred Heart, they have a showdown coming up this weekend. They're both 1-0 in conference play. And then LIU Wagner, they're 0-1. Central and Duquesne both stand at 0-2. Time now to check out our top three stars of the week. And we start with number three, Wagner wide receiver, Naeem Simmons. He's the first Wagner offensive player to make our three stars of the week this year. He led the way offensively for the Seahawks against Columbia, as we just mentioned. Seven catches for 128 yards, numbers that were second only to his game back in week one against Fordham when he had eight catches for 162 yards and a touchdown. 
And of course, he made one of the top plays of the week. He was trapped in that triangle right in the middle of the field between three defenders, somehow slipped free and turned it into a 57-yard gain. Simmons, our number three star of the week. At number two, it's Central Connecticut State running back Nasir Smith. He had zero scholarship offers coming out of Auburn, New York back in 2016. He played a couple of years in D3, got his shot with Central Connecticut, and he's been one of the top rushers in the NEC this year. On Saturday, he put up one of the top all-purpose performances, a career-high 195 all-purpose yards with two touchdowns, one through the air, a 21-yard touchdown catch, and one on the ground, 85 yards. Smith ran for a career-high 145, his second 100-yard rushing game of the season. And our top star of the week, it's Merrimack running back Victor Dawson. In the ESPN3 game of the week against Duquesne, Dawson paced the Merrimack ground game with 124 yards and two touchdowns on 22 carries. His nine-yard touchdown run in the second quarter tied the game going into the half and his 18-yard touchdown run bouncing off his own lineman and cutting it back the other way as his quarterback attempted to, to lead the way and throw a block for him. That ended up being the game winner. During their current three-game win streak, Dawson has found the end zone four times for the Warriors, a great story for a back whose season ended due to injury just after four games a year ago. Dawson, a difference maker for the Merrimack Warriors and our top star in week six. Up next here on NEC Football on the Run, we got a two-for-one special in this week's interview. We are joined by a pair of Warriors from Merrimack. We have quarterback Gavin McCusker and running back Victor Dawson. Guys, thanks so much for joining us here today. No problem. Thanks for having us. So, Victor, I want, to, I want to start with you. You know, Merrimack is 2-0 in league player coming off a big win this past weekend against Duquesne. So, you know, what, what, what's been the keys for you guys to have so much success here, especially over the last couple of weeks? Um, just staying locked in. Uh, you know, we have a couple of injured players. Uh, we had the next man up mentality, and that's pretty much been it. Now, Gavin, you've been one of those next men up. You took over as the starter three weeks ago, and, and your, your team's won all three of those games. So, you know, what's been the key for you to kind of step in and not only have the offense not mi miss a beat, but actually make strides and improve from week to week? Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, each week, Coach Baum and Coach Kern put together great game plans for us, you know, great play calling. And the guys around me, uh, ever since I went in, uh, they've all supported me in their ways, and uh, they all believe in me, which makes me confident, so. To take me through that week leading up to your your first career start there. Uh, you know what what was it like? Were there butterflies? What what was it like leading up to that first game? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, if you're playing football, you don't get nervous. I think you're lying. So um, I was nervous all week. You know, I was more more prepared or more worried about my preparation all week. And then once the game kind of came, I kind of let loose. Awesome. And, and and Victor, how poised has Gavin been in the huddle for these games? I mean, you know, down the fourth quarter against LIU, close game against Duquesne. He's been in some pressure situations how has he been like commanding the huddle uh he's been a great leader uh <laughs> we see like in the huddle like he's not faced so that kind of gives us confidence and just ready to win and and, and victor i want to talk about the touchdown that you scored the, the second touchdown you kind of bounced off the line and you kind of reversed the other direction and head the other way. Gavin kind of sort of tried to throw a block in there uh, and you were able to get to the goal line. Uh, how wide open were your eyes where you hit off the contact and you saw all that open space the other way? Uh, it was a crazy play. Uh, I bounced off uh, one of my linemen 
And then I seen Open Field, and then I seen Gavin <laughs> as uh, one of my lead blocks. Uh, I decided to follow him, and the rest is history. And, and Gavin, how much is Victor, the run game, the offensive line, how, how has that kind of made life easier for you stepping in as the quarterback? Uh, it's been so easy. Um, I said that we didn't get sacked once this week. Um, the, the ground game from the line sets up Vic, and it sets up the pass game as well. You know, when we're pounding defenses in with the run, we, we can surprise them with the pass. So I think we're all on offense right now. And I also think that we're playing for the defense, and the defense plays for us as well. So we have a whole rounded unit right now. So. And, and Gavin, looking ahead to this week, Wagner coming up, what, what, when you look at them, what are some keys that you guys got to have to focus on to come up with a victory this week? Uh, definitely the defensive line. You know, a big, a big uh, point for us is to keep the run game going. Uh, they have a really good DN that um, we're definitely game planning for as well. But um, just, just staying true to ourselves, you know, putting together a game plan that put us in the best uh, position there is. And, and Victor, obviously, we don't want to look too far ahead. One game at a time. Wagner is up next here this week. But, you know, based on how you guys are playing and improving each week, how far can this team go? Um, uh, our mindset is pretty much win the NEC now. Uh, we've been battle tested. We play Holy Cross. We play Harvard, and both teams is a top FCS team. So we feel like we could just play with anybody. Absolutely. You still got, you know, all, all, all those teams left in the schedule to play them head to head. So it's, it's certainly right there for you guys. And then to finish up here, we're going to do some, some five rapid fire questions. So I'll go to each of you, just the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Sounds good. Yes. All right, Gavin, favorite pregame meal, either the night before or the morning of? Uh, definitely chicken farm. Okay. Victor? Uh, Pat, I love chicken. Oh, okay. Very nice. Uh, Victor, we'll start this one for, with you. Your favorite player to watch, either currently play or it even could be a player from the past. Uh, right now, I like watching Lamar Jackson. He, he's just a, a great player, great quarterback, and he just makes plays. He's a playmaker for sure. Gavin? Uh, as of right now, definitely Josh Allen. He, uh, he competes every weekend. It's cool to watch him play. Okay. Uh, Victor, this one's for you. What's one little known fun fact that you've learned about Gavin that you could share with us? Uh, 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 I don't really know. I can't, I can't say. <laughs> no, no, no weird habits or anything like that in the offensive meeting rooms or anything? No, nah, he's a normal guy. <laughs> Gavin, what's one fun fact that you've learned about Victor? Uh, it's kind of like him, you know, he, he, uh, he doesn't try to act like someone he's not. And he's true to himself. He's true to everybody on this team. So, okay. And and last but not least, for each of you, what's the best Halloween candy and what's the worst Halloween candy, Gavin? Uh, best Halloween candy is definitely uh, Kit Kat. Uh, the worst, probably the uh, worst Halloween. That's that's hard to pick one out. <laughs> uh, definitely uh, Twizzlers. I don't I don't really like Twizzlers. Okay, Victor. Uh, best Halloween candy. Either Snickers or Skittles. Uh, oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> it's a whole bunch. I also like the Sour Patch Watermelon. Uh, the, yeah, those are good. And then worse? Mm, uh, yeah, probably Twizzlers. Or the, uh, the ones that uh, they come in three. The Whoopers or whatever. Oh, Gobstoppers. Oh, Gobstoppers. Gobstoppers, yeah. Really rock with them. Me, I like the, the, I'm those whoppers, the whop, whenever I get those bo little boxes of whoppers, I always pass them on to someone else. Yeah. That's, that's just me. <laughs> well, guys, you, you've been playing awesome the last couple of weeks. It's, you've been fun to watch and, and we'll get a chance to watch you coming up this weekend against Wagner and, and best of luck to both of you the rest of the way.
Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. That's Gavin McCusker and Victor Dawson. Thanks for joining us this week. Our guests on NEC Football on the Run. For today's stat chat, we spotlight Central Connecticut State Blue Devil linebacker Chizzy Umenakwe. Chizzy had a pretty good year last year for the Blue Devils. I mean, he was second team all-conference overall, but uh, this year he's kind of taken things to the next level. Four times this year in six Blue Devil games, Chizzy has been in double figures in tackles, including a season-high 14 tackles last week against St. Francis and 13 tackles this past week against Brown. He's been dishing out tackles like Oprah dishes out free cars. He leads the league in overall tackles and is fifth in the nation with 62 stops. His 10 and a half tackles per game is good enough to put him in a tie for ninth in the nation. Omenakwe was named the NEC Defensive Player of the Week this past week, and he's the subject of this week's stat chat. Three games are on the Saturday slate this week in the Northeast Conference. All three of them are conference battles. Let's take a look at what we have coming up on tap. The biggest and perhaps most intriguing game in the Northeast Conference this week is the 1 p.m. kick at Campus Field in Fairfield, Connecticut, as the 3-0. 1-0 in conference play, Stonehill Skyhawks take on the 3-2, 1-0 in conference play, two-time reigning and defending NEC champion, Sacred Heart Pioneers. What a story the Skyhawks have been in this, their first season in FCS. Their first two games, they put up video game numbers, beating Bloomsburg 33-30 to with 453 yards of total offense, and then beating Post 76-zip with 496 yards of total offense. Then they were off for two weeks, and eh, some questions remained. Yeah, they're looking impressive against D2 teams, but they couldn't possibly do it once they finally matched up against teams from FCS. Well, they did. Last week, they stunned Duquesne in their conference opener. Jermaine Corbett, a 50-yard game-winning touchdown reception to start the fourth quarter, and then Anthony LaMonica sealed the game in the final minutes with the clinching interception. Stonehill stayed on beat with a 24-20 win over the team pick second in the NEC preseason poll. The Stonehill Skyhawks moved to 3-0 for the first time since 2015 and a perfect 1-0 in league play. They finished week five as one of nine un remaining unbeaten teams in the FCS. But then on the other side, you have the Sacred Heart Pioneers, the two-time reigning champions. They started the year with, let's just say, a lot to be desired on offense. 23 combined points in their first three games. They were plagued by penalties, plagued by turnovers, but then something interesting happened. They were trailing 21-3 to at home, their homecoming game to Dartmouth in the first quarter, and 31-17 in the second half. But they came back. They were led by three rushing touchdowns from their running back, Malik Grant, including the game winner in overtime to down the big green 38-31. They then springboarded that momentum into the following week, putting up 360 yards of offense in a win against Norfolk State. But the key for the Pioneers this entire time is still their defense. They're tied for 12th in FCS in points allowed, 12th in total defense, and they have the number one defense in the nation in passing yards allowed, only 98.2 per game. Then in North Andover on ESPN3, the Merrimack Warriors will be hosting the Wagner Seahawks. We've already highlighted how Merrimack has been on a roll over these last three weeks, winning their last three straight and jumping out to a 2-0 mark in conference play for the first time. They had been 0-2 each of the last two seasons. 
They're getting great play from their quarterback, who we spoke with earlier, Gavin McCusker, and their running game, led by our guest earlier as well, Victor Dawson. Then on the other side, Wagner, they do have their quarterback back, Nick Cardman, and they try to end a 25-game skid, the longest active streak in the nation. The final league game this week will feature the other 2-0 team, the St. Francis Red Flash, back at it on the road against the LIU Sharks. St. Francis has one of the top playmakers in the Northeast Conference with freshman wide receiver Makai Jackson, who has six touchdowns in his last four games. On the other side, LIU, they had the old banana and the tailpipe pulled on them the last two games. They had victory snatched away in the final moments against both Bryant and Merrimack. So that can they pick up their first win of the season and shake all that off? Can they finally finish on top? We will see. St. Francis, they have won both prior meetings between these two schools, 30 to nothing in New York back in 2019 and 55 to 10 last year in Loretto. Well, that'll just about do it for this week's episode. It was so great to chat with both Gavin and Victor from Merrimack McCusker. Such a great story to step in and keep things going, kind of like what Cooper Rush is doing right now in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys while Jack Prescott's been out. And then Victor Dawson leading that run game. He was our top star of the week. We couldn't really choose who to chat with, so we're glad they both were able to step in and join us this week here on the show. And of course, we have some monster matchups that we highlighted. Stonehill versus Sacred Heart. What an environment it is going to be at Campus Field coming up on Saturday. And of course, Merrimack Wagner, our game of the week on ESPN3. St. Francis trying to stay unbeaten in conference play as well, going up against LIU. And of course, Central and Duquesne get the weekend off. Uh, should be so fun to follow. And of course, we'll be back here with you to wrap it all up for you and recap it next week here on the show. Until then, I'm Craig D'Amico, and this has been NEC Football on the Run.